He's an old head. Youngins are really starting to get on my damn nerves. He's a purveyor of nonsense. He's a Georgia high school coaching job influencer. His favorite Bible verse is Jesus wept. He's the man of constant sorrow, Chris Lamb. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am with Ryan. Good afternoon, y'all. I'm with Cedric. Mm, I mean, Cedric. Cedric sorry. Go. Cedric Daniels. <laughs> Hawthorne coach. That's my girl, Ryan, you know, from <laughs> Podunk Nowhere. Huh? I'm actually from Birmingham, everyone. So. Birmingham, yeah. But anyway, so Cedric, I almost said Cedric. Cedric is from Gainesville, and he got a chance to coach at Gainesville High School, Eastside High School, and Hawthorne High School. So you are Gainesville through and through. So first, let's start with Gainesville. You went there for school, and then you got a chance to coach there. Kind of talk about the experience, you know, coaching your alma mater. Honestly, it was a situation that I never thought I'd be in. You know, you know, you graduate from high school. I ain't never coming back. I ain't. And then when you actually get into the profession and you get an opportunity to come back home, you know, it's one of those things like, well, I want to make my alma mater good. You know, we – when I got there before uh, Coach Thompson had gotten there, like, we weren't very good. And then Ryan Smith, who's now – uh, the D.C. at um, was that Murray State, um, he started winning ways. You know, we, we built our schedule and was able to, you know, change the culture. And then he left, took a better job, and then James came in. And, like, I remember when we met, he came to one of our mat drills, and he was like, hmm, I like it. I like it. I'm not going to change anything. Y'all do what y'all do, and I'm going to fit into what you do. And, you know, working under a guy like that, it was, it was, it was easy because he came in and adapted to us. We didn't have to adapt to him. You know, when it came to the off-season stuff, um, not a lot of correcting. And then, you know, you when you actually get to the football aspect of it, you know, he kind of grew on us because it was like, oh, he's different from what we're used to. Like, and he he was that guy, you know, who brought that spark. And he was, was exactly what um, my school needed. Like, we were so laid back at times. Like, Ryan Smith did a great job of becoming the kids like dad. He came in and just instilled that, like, hard discipline. Um, and it worked. You know, we carried, like, a winning tradition for probably about nine straight seasons. Like, we had the city split. Everybody and their mama wanted to come to DHS. You know, um, all the college coaches came. I think we, during that time period, we probably put kids from all the way from Eugene, Oregon to Miami. You know, just we had kids all over the country playing college football. So when you look at Gainesville and, and – but outside of the University of Florida, we're, what, 80,000 people strong? You know, in our demographic of people, if they don't make it, you know, in, in athletics, like nine times out of ten, they're not going to truly try to make it out, especially our young men. So it was a, a way for me to give back. T let me do all the recruiting stuff. So it was a way for me to find my niche and get kids, you know, scholarships, whether it was the Division three, Division two, or Division one. you know. We had very very good success, good success rate. I think I mean, we I mean, probably put 40 kids uh, in the college, got free tuition while we were there. So um, I think T's last year that we ended up playing against, uh, who was that? Dalvin Cook and Joseph Yerby, uh, probably two of the – and that season was unreal. Like those two dudes were good, but they weren't the best backs we faced that year. Uh, there's a guy who's playing for the Tennessee Titans right now, uh, Derrick Henry. <laughs> Alabama. Oh, uh, whatever. Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Shout out to Florida. Um, Duval. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
you know, we went into that game, but I think we put 10 guys in the box to try to stop this dude, and he still ran for 300 yards. And it's one of those games where, yeah, you're mad that you gave up 300 yards, but you won. And we knew going in it wasn't going to be an easy game. He had three touches, two, three touches for 79, 78, and 80. Right. Oh, well. <laughs> what else? Nobody else could do anything. The thing was, don't let anybody else beat you. So, nah, we uh, games was very fun, very, very, very good. A lot of memories, <laughs> lots of memories. You're a natural, by the way. <laughs> Great responses. Um, so, with you being from Gainesville, living in Gainesville, never leaving Gainesville, and you know, you talked about coaching, you know, guys in that city. Why was it important to you to stay in your city and? coach up athletes from Gainesville and produce these athletes from that city where you could have been anywhere else? For me, it's just, I think when I got into the business, I got in for fun, right? So then, you know, I'm meeting, you know, Charlie Strong and and, and those guys, and, and I was a defensive guy. So I'm like, hey, coach, can I come hang out? Can I? And he's always like, come, come, come. But I was stupid. I was young and dumb, not taking advantage of the opportunity, right? And then the older I got, now I got a family. Now those opportunities kind of shrunk. So now it allowed me to, and, and T knows me, it's, I'm, I'm for the kids. And, and my community, I'm from East Gainesville. But the way the city divided us up, to prevent everybody from going to East Side, they put us, like, like literally my neighborhood went to Gainesville High School. The neighborhood, like literally 100 yards away from me, is the only street that separated us, went to Buholtz, which was a 45-minute bus ride across town. Uh, the neighborhood behind us where my grandmother lived, they went to Eastside. So they kind of broke us all up. So then when you talk about the demographics, yeah, Gainesville High School has great athletes, but Eastside, if we would all went to Eastside, would have been a phenomenal program, right? Or if they would all made all of us in that side of town, Southeast Gainesville, go to GHS. But they found a way to make Buholtz relevant by taking the other half of the athletes in the city and putting them over there. Does that make sense? I've heard a lot so, about that, yeah, with – Buholtz kind of dominating with recruiting and stuff. So when it was, <laughs> we ain't gonna get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother ball game. <laughs> but they're, but they're, no, but realistically, when you're able to find success, right? And, and that's what we were good at. We found success early at GHS. Like we worked hard on it. James didn't change anything. He just he recreated the wheel. He didn't recreate the wheel. He he put twenties on it, right? We, we were riding on eighteens. Now he brought his he brought the donk over. And now we're on twenties, right? So. When it was my opportunity to become what I am now, I knew I had a platform. And working with kids is all I ever known. Like, I'm a, I'm a big kid. We can play video games. I can relate. I can be serious at times. I can crack jokes. I'm a bald-headed guy. Well, your mama's this, right? We're going back and forth. Like, we're going to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> but the one thing I knew is when you get to know kids, they want to make it out, right? So when I took the job at Eastside, the one thing I always knew was – if they ever got a guy in there who can recruit and get kids in school, you'll change the culture, right? And I've, and I've played with tons of guys, especially from Eastside, played against them, who if they would have just had a coach who cared just a little bit, like, I don't care where you go to school at, just go, yeah. right? I want you to go and fail in somebody else's community. Don't stay in Gainesville, right? Just like if you're from Tuscaloosa, you're from Waldo, no, go somewhere else and fail, yeah. right? At least, you, at least you tried. So that was my thing, you know? When I got to Eastside, we were one and nine my first year. I was like, I'm going back to GHS. This shit sucks. Like, I don't even know what I just got myself into. But off that one and nine season, I put nine kids in the school. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I lost on the field. But I, for every loss I had, I had a guy go to college. Right? So then the next year, we got a bigger recruiting. We had, uh, I think, five guys out of the 12 go to college. Then the next year, we got six more. And then, you know, Anthony's senior year, because of COVID, destroyed that recruiting class. But I was big on education. Like I said, we're going to change the culture. We're going to change everything. Out of the 24 seniors we had, 22 qualified ACT and academically, awesome. we had a 2.98 GPA, team GPA, from the hood school to where I'll never forget <laughs> a college coach came in and said, Coach, I was told not to come over here. Y'all to fighting school. And that came from another coach in the city. So oh, people, people are sabotaging you, mm -hmm. right? They want to see you fail. So if all my kids know it's failure because, hey, I live in the hood, and when I go home, I got to raise my brother and sister because my mama got to work a double, right? My job is to make sure that you're okay. So I, I go to the food bank. I get food. I make sure we have tutors at the school. I make sure we have upper bound coming through. All these programs that nobody wants to do because it's too hard and I ain't putting, man, I'm there, right? We're holding 5.55 in the morning workouts, and the kids love to coach. I hope we go. I hope we do it. I want to be there. We got 90% of our kids who ride the bus or, or, or walk to school are at 5.55 workouts every day, every, like every Wednesday. But you're telling me it can't be done. So if I know you can be here, I know you can go home and study, right? Even kids I had 2.0 GPAs. I made them apply to a four-year institution. They graduated on the dean's list. You're not who you are now. You are who you're going to be, yeah. right? So if I take you out of your environment, what happens? So that was always my, like, I'm big on education, mm -hmm. super big on education. I made my son, like, <laughs> big on education. That's just that me. was great because you just brought a lot of emotion to it. I know we can clip this. So I'm just talking in general. <laughs> that, like, one clip right there was great because that was the emotion aspect. But um, speaking of Anthony Richardson, which you piggyback, you kind of like led into it as I was going to anyways, um, going into your time at Eastside, you know, talk about what it was like kind of seeing him develop as a player. And then he stayed home, you know, became a hometown hero with UF, you know, just talk about seeing him, you know, develop. It's actually pretty cool. Um, like anything, when you get a guy at 13, 14 years old and you're able to see them grow, you know, and then to know where they come from. That's why I think we, we as coaches have a bigger um, influence on kids than, than we think we do, um, especially when it's mom at home and only mom and it's, it's your little brother or it's your little sister. To watch him ride a bike to get his brother from the bus stop or, Coach, I'm going to be late to practice because I got to go to Corey and then I'll be there in a second. And never, never miss a practice, you know, um, it's it's amazing, right? As Ryan Smith, my first boss, walks in the building, right? Mm -hmm. But to watch him do it and do it the right way, like coaches ask all the time, you know, what was he like? Like he was a fourteen-year-old kid who played video games. He didn't go out, and because he had to watch his little brother, what he would do was all the fellas would come to his house and they sit up sit up all night and play Fortnite. Like I tell you, no lies or two K. So. <laughs> There was no partying for him. <clears throat> so to watch him and understand the struggle, you know, like he was one of the one of the kids that, you know, had to take advantage of the food bank that we provided, you know. 
and now to see him on the other side of it, um, and he was a very good student, you know, when he got to high school. You know, everybody struggles in middle school because we're trying to find our way. But he was a kid, like, I remember meeting him his freshman year, watching him on the basketball court. We're at a seven-on-seven practice, right? And I'm looking across the court, and I'm like, dang, who is this kid dunking, right? Like, oh, he's the 13-year-old kid. So I'm like, I got to meet him. I got to find a way to get him. And we met, sat down and talked a little bit, and um, he ended up coming to us, right? So fast forward, everything worked out for the best. I remember um, recruiting started picking up, and I have to sit down with his mom. Like, And this was before NIL kicked in, right? So I'm talking to his mother, like, hey, so there's going to be a situation where there's a brown bag sitting outside your door. You don't tell anybody about it. You just – you got to eat this, like – if it happens, it happens, you know. But at the time, I think his offers, and I had to explain to them, you know, he wanted to decommit so his teammates can get offers or or get seen. So he decommits, and now you got to deal with the media. Like, oh, he's scared of Carson Beck. And he's like, coach, I'm trying to help my guys, right? And And he decommits on a Tuesday, let's say. Georgia offers on Wednesday. So now you got to understand, like, these people aren't offering you because they watched your tape. They're offering you because you're a four-star, five-star guy. You know, they don't really want you. You know, and then you come back down to it. Now, yeah, Georgia says, nah, we don't really want you. We're just going to offer you. Michigan, oh, we got a guy in our system. we just throwing out an offer, coach. All right, so, like, don't entertain it. And I think the best two offers he had was Penn State and Florida. Right, but – when you go to play the numbers game and it's my job to get you to the league, it's your job to get – I mean, my job to get you to court, uh, college and your job is to get rich. <laughs> what school is going to help you get rich? You know, the University of Florida had Dan Mullen at the time, and the way his offense was designed, it was designed exactly for him. You know, so to watch him mature and go through it the right way, even though he wanted to transfer at times, and then finally getting those draft grades and they said, well, we think you're a first-rounder. Boss, you can't come back to college, right? Get your degree online, do whatever you got to do. But they're going to offer you some type of money that you can never get back if you turn this it down. This is your time. Right. Yeah. And he took it. You know, we went through the whole draft process. I was there pretty much every step of the way uh, from training to, like, a lot of interviews. It's pretty cool because he hooked me up with all kinds of, like, GQ magazine called. I never thought I'd be in a GQ magazine. I wish they would have called me. I would have took my shirt off. You know, <laughs> But... <laughs> You know, they didn't want to do pictures for me. They wanted pictures of him. But, um, nah, to watch this little kid from East Gainesville who grew up with nothing to get the opportunity to be GQ Magazine and Sports Illustrated, and it was pretty good to watch. And then to watch it all unfold on draft night, probably the, probably next to watching my kids be born, probably top five things I've ever experienced. And then speaking of, you know, AR success, what does that kind of signify for other athletes in Gainesville? You know, how is his story kind of like that sense of hope for other little guys who want to make it out of the city of Gainesville? I think it provides hope and, and you know, it's a realistic thing when you sit back and you get a chance to talk to kids and he's good at coming back and like he's a guy like he looked up to Lamar, but he never met Lamar. Right. So now a lot of kids now in Gainesville look up to him. And he comes back and hangs out at practices and talks to him, throws balls with him. So it, it's good in that aspect, and it's fun to watch it. You know, um, I'm hoping the best for him, you know, because sky's the limit for a kid in that nature. You know, the NFL is transitioning 
to be more of a uh, spread offense type of quarterback. You know, it's the Drew Breeses of the world are kind of phasing themselves out. Uh, even Pat Mahomes and even Brock Purdy last two weeks ago surprised the heck. I didn't know he could run, right? So now the NFL is advancing to more mobile quarterbacks. You know, when teams are bringing that fire blitz at you, you can't be a sitting duck. Um, moving um, into, I know, I think, I don't know what time it is, but I have, I have one more question. I, oh, I got one more question. No, don't cut me off. <laughs> so don't take a shot. I might so not ever get an opportunity on a podcast I can't, I can't not, you know, mention Hawthorne because mm. you're there now, and mm. obviously you guys um, have had a lot of success over the years. Kind of talk about your experience at Hawthorne and then working alongside Coach Ingram. It's different, and it's different in a good way. Um, <clears throat> you know, when you coach under, you know, Ryan Smith, you coach under Thompson, and you and you – put yourself and you kind of mirror what they do, right? T was a hard guy. Smith was a hard guy. Smith, like, honestly taught me, like, the details, like the fine details. Like, don't you ever, if I give you a pencil, don't you ever leave this pencil here, right, and expect to come back and get it. Like, if I give you this laptop, you're in charge of a laptop, right? Don't come to me on, on, on Monday or Sunday and be like, I can't find this laptop. Well, damn it, I gave it to you, Right? Or why am I the only person in here working on film, right? You coaches out here hanging out, partying on Saturday night, and I'm here in the office, and my family's like, I got a family too, right? So Ryan taught me, like, the, the, the fine details. Um, James taught me um, just how to be a go-getter, right? Like, be forceful, do what you got to do, but still be loving, right? So then I put all that stuff together and mirrored everything we did, and that's what brought me my success. Like it was honing in on details and finding in, finding the niches that 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 the kids needed. Like you would have never thought, you know, if you ever met Ryan Smith, you would never think that man he ain't gonna get these kids to buy into what he's saying. But the kids loved him, and the same group of kids he coached at Gainesville High School are the same type of kids he coached at FAMU, right? So then I get to Hawthorne. I got all of that in, like, I got them in me. I get the Hawthorne, I'm stepping out there like, oh, this is different, right? So now you got you to gotta take a step back and figure out, like, how can I put what I know into what they're doing? And, and adjust. And adjust. Sense. Like, it's, you got to find a balance. So you get out there, and they're, they're live. Like, it's, they're going, they go hard, they go hard, and then they got, like, a 30-minute water break. Like, God dang, dog, I'm a coach. I want to go home. Right in the thirty-minute water break, you sitting there and they're talking, and everybody on the squad is from Hawthorne except for me. And I'm like, so I don't know anything about what we're talking about. <laughs> we just talked about this yesterday, and then we come back at it and go right back at it, you know. And <clears throat> the thing about CI is he always lets us do what we do because at the end of the day, whether I get a college job or not, let's just say I've been coaching with linebackers since 2009. <clears throat> and I've become very good at it, there's an opportunity where I might get a college job and I have to be coaching punters. Yeah. But I feel like I know right now I can go coach the water jug if you told me to, right? And, and that's what CI believes in. Like, I'm hiring guys who are capable of coaching football. And adapting. Like, I, I know you guys aren't going to go out there and tell my guys the wrong thing to do. And <clears throat> he's very hands-on, but he's also very standoffish and lets us coach and then he comes back and fixes um and that's probably why we're so successful uh those kids over there know that if they ever needed anything you know we'll give them the clothes up off our back if, if we had to 
uh, we'll get out of practice at 5.30. And 9.30 at night, kids are still in the gym hooping just because they don't want to go home because they love being around us. And our, our success isn't based on X's and O's. It's about the brotherhood we provide for the kids. So as long as they know I got their back and they got my back, you know, we're always going to be successful. And, and that's what he's probably going to talk about tomorrow is the culture. You know, it's not about X's and O's all the time. You know, we provide what everybody else is like. We didn't, we didn't create football. We're just doing what football did to us. You know, we're all giving back because everybody's been a part of it. You know, to be over there for the last four years, and I think we're 45 and nine over the last four years, right? Well, 45 and four, excuse me, over the last. Even better. Yeah, it's even better. <laughs> so you can't ask for much more. And, you know, the championship is icing on the cake. But then on Wednesday, we signed nine kids to go to college. Two of them already enrolled. Right. Awesome. Coming from a school that was going to be shut down four years ago. Mm. Right. So now you see, right, the Hawthorne wave being, yeah. and everybody's hating. Everybody's hating. Right. <laughs> and, we, and we're not doing anything different than anybody else. But when you're a small town and you're poor, poor school, they don't want to see you succeed. So. Yeah.